The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemond Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lemond Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Lemond Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Glad to be back with you guys for this week. I'm a little bit under the weather, I think, it's due to the Arctic blast and this cold front that came in today in Houston and all across uh, the country. But uh, I'm here. I'm excited to be here and got an exciting show and some, some good topics to talk about. Seems like the Houston Texans are always in the the news here lately and uh, got a lot to talk about about them. Uh, the Texans, you know, they played on the road last week and they played against the Arizona Cardinals. And as you know by now, the Houston Texans are on a seven-game losing skit. Uh, they went on the road, played the Cardinals, and lost 27-24 to against the Cardinals. And our network is located in Phoenix, uh, Force America Sports. It's located in Phoenix, so uh, those guys have a one-up on us as the Arizona Cardinals beat the Houston Texans down. It was pretty much, for the most part, the Texans came out to me, I thought they came over with a better start uh, on the road. They looked like they was wanting to be competitive, and they had a lot to play for with their coach, Gary Kubiak, at home, recovering from a minor stroke uh, or a mini-stroke. Um, uh, you know, the Texans are a team that had high expectations going into the season. So many players, um, returning players, with addition to some players, I was going to talk about Ed Reed being released by the Houston Texans in a little bit, but the Texans had so many injuries as well and so far this season. Matt Schaub had an injury. Uh, Arian Foster, uh, going into the Arizona game, it was announced that he will opt for back surgery, and he's out for the remaining of the season. So they've been having some key players injured in some key positions for the Houston Texans. However, Case Keenum, to me, I thought in his third star, he looked a little bit more uh, prepared as far as poise. He looked like he was able to lead the team down the field to uh, a few touchdowns. He threw for 201 yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions. That's important for the young man, undrafted free agent, uh, to be able to go and throw no interceptions against Arizona. But it was Arizona's night. You know, Arizona, to me, came out a lot, um, came out and fed off their energy in their home stadium. They scored, for the most part, in each quarter. Uh, it was a tight play game up until the end. Uh, Arizona was able to find a way to get out. But it was out of the game and went with the victory. But it was more or less about the Houston Texans. To me, uh, Ben Tate uh, playing with cracked ribs, suffering through that, was able to be uh, somewhat somewhat effective for the 
Texans. He had a 15 carries for 56 yards and no touchdowns. But to me, I, I really liked what I saw to Andre Johnson uh, on the road, being able to go against uh, a tough secondary in the Arizona Cardinals secondary and was able to, for the most part, find ways to get open. And, and from finding ways to get open, he had some outstanding catches and that led to touchdowns. Uh, Andre Johnson, for the most part, has been consistent offensively for the Houston Texans. Um, however, you know, no one else is really stepping up. I mean, without Owen Daniels at tight end, you got a rookie for the most part in Case Keenum, his first start this season uh, as a starter. Uh, is still learning on the fly. And offensively, no no running game. I mean, the offensive line gave up three huge sacks against uh, Arizona, and the Texans looked like they was lost in the second half. I mentioned Ed Reed. Ed Reed was brought in, a big acquisition for the Houston Texans in his offseason. However, his services is no longer needed here for the Texans. They released him on Tuesday. Um, For the most part, Ed Reed, to me, in my opinion, I really didn't think he brought a lot to the table that I saw from the Baltimore days. Um, He was out due to a lot early in the season due to a hip injury that he rehabbed and worked his way through it. Made his first start against the, his former team, the Baltimore Ravens, and didn't get that much reps. I want to say somewhere between 10 and 15 reps against Arizona. Kind of stated his opinion about he thought they was outplayed and outcoached. And I thought the Texans realized that, you know, it's time for us to go our separate ways, what they had read, and they did that. Uh, but that still doesn't discredit Ed Reed's career. It doesn't discredit Ed Reed as a player and as a person. I think Ed Reed is a phenomenal player. I mean, some of the things that he brings to the table is, uh, you don't see from your average player. However, he's in that stage of his career where he's on the back end of it. Um, you know, earning the Super Bowl ring last year for the Baltimore Ravens in his hometown in New Orleans, Louisiana. You know, was he really motivated to come here and help the Houston Texans get to the next level in the Super Bowl? Uh, right now, we can say no. I mean, from what I see on film and what I see when I cover the games for the Texans, I don't see the same uh, sense of urgency as for Ed Reed. You know, he missed a lot of tackles. A lot of tackles in the open field. Uh, it looked like at times he was confused in coverages. Sometimes he just looked like he was just halfway in it, halfway out. And if I can see that from the press box at the, tech home, at the Texas home games, I'm pretty sure the coaches can see that as well on film. Um, and, you know, for defense, some more injury guys. I know Kareem Jackson got injured against Arizona. Um, at one time, it looked like Jonathan Joseph got injured as well, but uh, the injury bug is definitely lingering over the Houston Texans. Um, hopefully they can find a way to kind of rally and, and, and get back against Oakland as they play the Oakland Raiders this Sunday at home. They start a three-game home skit or a three-game home swing. Three consecutive home games um, will probably help them get back into it. They can feed off this crowd at, at the Reliance Stadium and build off that. They'd be in some pretty good shape. Um, really don't don't really want to touch about. Uh, it's really not a story, but I guess it is a story since it's DeAndre Hopkins and a rookie. And just kind of update, you know, he, he stated after practice that his Twitter account or Instagram account was was hacked and, you know, obscene video was put out there. And he kind of want to kind of just want to put that to rest and say his, his account was hacked. 
had a simple password, and um, you know that was not involved. He didn't have anything involved with that. So that's pretty much I want to get that out there. So nothing really I want to talk about on that. But Coach Kubiak talked about a little bit about not making a final decision on Case Keenum today. Uh, he's still on a trial trial basis. Uh, he's not really named as a starter for the remaining of the season. Uh, he thought that Ed Reed's situation came back down to football. It was a football decision for him to or for the staff to move forward without Ed Reed. And, you know, right now with the Texans struggling defense, without Brian Cushing, that linebacker, and now Ed Reed is gone at safety. A lot of young guys will get a lot of reps. DJ Swearinger has continued to play aggressively and get better each and every week, as well as um, – Shiloh Kilo, he's been playing safety and took the spot over from Ed Reed. Let's see here. What else as far as this week with the Houston Texans? Oh, did I mention that Gary Kubiak will return to the sideline for the Texans on Sunday um, as the head coach taking over for Wade Phillips that filled in for him last week against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, let me see else. What else there to talk about for the Houston Texans? Uh, kicking game. Bullock, uh, still, a, still a work in progress. No changes there so far this week from the Houston Texans. We'll look to try to build off uh, Randy Bullock's performance, and hopefully he can kind of work through his slunk and get better for the Texans. Let's see here. What else there? So, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, for the most part, it was a game that, you know, it was really a game that the Texans lost due to the fact that it couldn't block up front. I thought the Cardinals played an excellent, had an excellent game plan to be aggressive, trying to contain Case Keenum for the most part. And uh, every time you look, Keenum was pretty much running backwards, running backwards against the pressure. And, and Arizona pretty much did their, their thing as far as coming after him. Uh, offensively, Thought Andre John, oh JJ Watt, JJ Watt did an excellent job. I thought JJ was the best player on the field for both teams, for the Texans and for the Arizona Cardinals. He had sacks, there was uh, caused turnovers, and JJ is JJ. You know JJ is going to be playing at an All Pro level each and every game, and for him to come out there and continue to fight through it uh, despite the loss uh, speaks volumes for me and his character. Uh, as J.J. Watt is still playing at an all-time high level for the Houston Texans despite the seven-game losing streak. Uh, let's see here. Defensively for the Texans, how do they maintain um, you know, the, the receiving core of the Arizona Cardinals? I thought it was okay. Um, really nothing off the charts there, but I thought it was okay. Roberts had you know, 72 yards, one touchdown. Uh, but, again, they was banged up. The Texans secondary seemed to me they was banged up. Kareem Jackson going out. Jonathan Joseph has some issues. Um, and, and for them to be able to be effective, everybody on the field needs to play 100%, no injuries, uh, no Daniel Manning back there. So it just seems like without, I mean, with these injuries, the Texans will continue to fight through them and try to bounce back and get better as a team. I mean, they have the Oakland Raiders coming in this Sunday. And this will be a great team to kind of work out the kinks and get everything going back again at home. So that pretty much wraps up the Arizona Cardinals talk versus the Houston Texans recap. Talked a little bit about Ed Reed, Gary Kubiak coming back as the head coach this week. And uh, 
that's pretty much it. We'll, we'll, we'll take a break. Let's take a break now, Matt, and when I come back, I'll invite another guy onto the show, good guy of mine, good friend of mine. He'll come on and he'll kind of break down, give his thoughts on the Oakland Raiders versus the Houston Texans coming up this Sunday. Next, on Outside the Huddle, Lee Mont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam had the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune into Get It Done Sports Radio with host Karif Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Great first segment where I kind of broke down and recapped the Houston Texans versus the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, as the Texans lost their seventh straight game, and they're trying to figure a way out this seven-game losing skit as they prepare to play the Oakland Raiders this Sunday at Reliance Stadium. Speaking of the Oakland Raiders, got one of the biggest Raider fans I know, good buddy of mine, my cousin, <laughs> Brian Williams on the line. Brian, thanks for joining me on the show outside the huddle. Uh, thanks for having me, Mark. Uh, no problem, man. And uh, real quick, Brian, I want to send our condolences out to five-time Pro Bowl, the tight end, and two-time Super Bowl champion, of your Oakland Raiders or in the Los Angeles Raiders when he was in Los Angeles. Um, Ty Christensen, he died today or he passed away at the age of 57 from some complications from surgery. So I don't know if you remember Ty Christensen as a tight end, but I'm going to get your thoughts on that uh, real quick. 
<laughs> yeah, anybody that ever played, you know, grew up in our era, we played Techno Bowl. You know, remember Todd Christensen, one of the, you know, locals with Bo Jackson and uh, Tim Brown. You know, one of those unclaimed gems that Al Davis seemed to keep finding the free agency, the people that cast out and being representing players for us. You know, in the hairy day of Al Davis, you know, when he he was at the top of his game picking out players, but sad to lose them today. Yeah, it is a sad situation for Ty Christensen and his family. We want to send our condolences out to the Christensen family, friends, and and and, and, and send them well wishes to them as well. But speaking of the Oakland Raiders, Brian, you guys played against the New York Giants last Sunday, and you lost. You guys lost to the Giants 24-20. to uh, Give me your thoughts on that game. Why do you think you guys end up losing that game on the road against the Giants? Uh, you know, same thing. Um, we had a couple bad mistakes, you know, uh, a couple turnovers, bad special teams played, you know, and, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're fighting up their battle as it is. And, you know, to give them extra opportunities, a chance to score, you know, it's kind of hard to ask of a team that's trying to get a winning, you know, formula going on and, you know, environment around it in the team locker room. And they have mistakes like that and, I'm seeming to like it's, it. Seems like our office corner, Greg Olson, he's calling. The, he's not doing a good, change, good thing of putting our playmakers in positions to win. You know, he's not. He hasn't thrown Marcel Reese for the last three or four weeks, no more than once a game, and I don't understand it. That's mismatch <laughs> waiting to happen. Yeah, you guys seems like turnovers was a problem for you guys. You had two turnovers, one fumble, one interception. Speaking of interceptions, Terrell Pryor, you know, didn't have a. a the game that you guys expect him to have, only 11 for 26, 422 yards with zero t- uh, touchdowns. You know, what's your thoughts on Terrell Pryor uh, as a quarterback going into the season? You think he's getting better each week, or you think he's he's still been inconsistent? Uh, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, it's, it seems like the plays that he, I guess they're coaching, they're dumbing down the playbook and tell them look one time and. And run, and then he's trying to. He's has to be. He has MCL sprain right now. And he's trying to. You know, you can see he's a step slower. He's getting caught every week by light linemen and different people that he would have outran for the first couple of weeks. But it seems to me like the playbook. It's like they're they're not giving him a shot looking around the field because I've seen a couple of plays. It was like he looked took one read, and then there then there is more. He was on the crosser route wide open, and there was an easy dump off. It wasn't that complicated where he had to squeeze into a window like Tom Brady would do, but and not even give him a shot at trying. Yeah, and it's, you know he, you know, Dick's coordinator this was vanilla for him. Like, oh, he's gonna look one time and close in on. Yeah, Terrell. Yeah, if he doesn't have extra yeah. burst, you know, he can't get around the corner. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's the most athletic quarterback you guys have. So why not continue to continue to use him? And giving up four sacks always hurt against the Giants team or any team in the NFL. He gave up four sacks. And going forward into this week, you guys got the Texans on the road in Houston. Um, how do you think this game will play out for your Raiders? Oh, no, I mean, it's one of those trap games, you know, it's like we expect this, you know, to actually lose again. But, you know, the Texans, they haven't been having a good week as a, you know, as a team. So maybe one of those games that may, you know, happen up and give us a fourth win. You know, um, just almost last last 
bad offense, and if it wasn't for a couple of miscues, and still was in reach of winning the game, you know. But mm-hmm. it's one of those things, man. It's just week to week. You got to try it out. Yeah, you guys are 0-4 on the road, so hopefully you can try to find a way. The Raiders can find a way to get their first victory on the road this season. You know, the Texans release a, a player that you know pretty well, and Ned Reed, a former Miami Hurricanes football player, what, I mean, were you shock, shocked to hear the fact that the Texans invested so much in Ed Reed and within, what, 10 to 11 weeks, they removed him from their roster going forward? Yeah, because, you know, basically there was no need for him because they thought they picked him. Oh, he just won a Super Bowl last year, and, you know, they were just one player away from, you know, solidifying the defense and being at their two and, you know, what, two or seven this week? Two or seven or two and, seven, two and eight? Two and seven. Yeah, it's basically they're going with younger players, and I guess they're probably just banking on next year. Is out. I don't know if he's out for the whole season, or just like a couple of weeks. No, he's done. He's done for the whole season. He he opted out for back surgery, so he's done. Yeah, so you know they're basically they they're just the plan, the project they they tried to do, bring that read and get us over the hump. You know, you know for get past New England and. It seemed to backfire on him. You know, the team wasn't had didn't have a good record before he got healthy, and after he got healthy, it seemed like they never clicked together. Matt Shaw went down, uh, backup quarterback went down. It's like everything that can go wrong for the Texans went wrong. Oh yeah. And, uh, I guess they figured like you know we not need for us paying them much money. We're not going to go to Super Bowl this year. And they probably should have uh, kept them around and see if next year would have worked out better. But you know, the NFL is is. What are you doing for me lately? So mm-hmm. got him out of there. Yeah, he uh, and plus he's—you can tell some turmoil, some tension between him and the coaching staff for him to make those type of statements to the public. That's normally kept in house. You can tell there's some tension between Ed Reed and and, the, and Wade Phillip and his defensive coaching staff uh, after they lost last week to the Arizona Cardinals. Now. On the offensive side of the ball, Andre Johnson is playing pretty good, a former Miami Hurricanes as well. you got to be surprised and happy what you've seen out of Andre the last couple of games. Yeah, you mean Andre is pretty consistent. You know, you can always sort of depend on Andre, you know, to do his part. Yeah, but like you said, I, I expected more out of the offense based on, you know, the rookie. He had a good show on the first couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, just – I guess a couple of things, you know, like bad, bad incident, you know, bad luck, and uh, a couple of few miscues. It seems like y'all could be easily, you know, six and two or, or six and four, but it just happens, you know, that uh, I just have bad, you know, everything's going wrong. It could go wrong for the Texans right now, man. I guess um, pretty much like you saw with uh, Calvin Johnson the other week, you know. Put all put all those tasks on the board, but you know it's still lost. You know mm-hmm. he's one man. So only so many games he can have, like that Cowboys game where he, you know, basically took over the game, and you know that was still kind of close. Yeah, the Texans, man, they're they're trying to find a way to fight through this thing. Andre Johnson can't do it by himself. Uh, Case Keenum, the undrafted free agent, been there for a year now. You can tell the relationship between Keenum and Andre is mm-hmm. seem to get better each week, but. Uh, with no running game and the wounded running back and Ben Tate, he's sore, broken, fractured ribs. Makes defense come after you because they know that you're not really going to run the ball. You're not a threat running the ball. You're pretty much going to throw it. 
And that's what the Texans have been facing these defenses the last couple of weeks. All right, Brian, yeah. what's the keys? What's the keys for you guys this Sunday? Uh, the Raiders come in town, Terrell Pryor. What's the keys for the Raiders to win and get that first road victory this season against the Houston Texans on Sunday? Balance offensive attack, get a good running game, add Marcel back into it, you know, uh, try to get more consistency out of our receivers, you know. Pressure. Defense, you know, play like you did last week with, you know, against the man, Eli Manning and try to hold on to the ball. It's not commit so many uh, penalties. Yeah, the penalties will kill you on the road. Defensively, what's, what's the status on D.J. Hayden? Is he playing on on Sunday against the Houston Texans? Uh, I mean, I know they held him out of practice today, but, you know, I don't know. It's, I guess, I don't know if it's, is he still playing catch-up. I guess it's one good week, one bad week, you know. Uh, he's still a rookie. Can't expect too much out of a rookie. Um, I know people are looking for him to jump in and be, you know, basically Dion, but it takes time. Yeah, it definitely take time after what he's been through last season as far as that uh, hard situation and having to fight back through that. And, and now as a rookie in the NFL, one of your top rookies from the Oakland Raiders in the NFL, we'll see how it plays out for D.J. Hayden and the Oakland Raiders. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking for the best, you know. You know, you know, give him a full offseason. You know, he did. He missed a lot of them. OTAs and everything, come back in, catching everything at full speed, you know. And I, I was probably still the coach shot that he's actually still in the league, you know. They said he hadn't played since, what, November in college last year and then mm-hmm. jump back out and then miss OTAs and come right back in in the middle of the season and a couple of injuries force you back out there. And, and I guess he probably only pin eggs and shells and pins and needles just trying to, trying to fit in. Yeah, that- one more thing, the Houston Texans, they struggled this year with their kicker and Brian and Randy Bullock, but you guys have an outstanding kicker and Sebastian Janikowski. <laughs> what comes to mind when you think about uh, Janikowski and his strong leg as a kicker for the Oakland Raiders? You know, uh, as a weapon, a weapon for us for many years, you know, uh, seems like, you know, I guess they were easy to pull the trigger on them a couple of years ago, like, you know, trying like 67-yard field goals and stuff like that. It seems like they've kind of like given up on that. I'm guessing because, you know, y'all got his partner in crime down there punting for y'all. You know, they kind of, uh, you know, him and Marquette King got off to a bad start, you know, I guess with the hold and the snaps, you know, and missing easier field goals. So they kind of worry about trying to 65 yards compared to last year with Shane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, when I think about Sebastian Janikowski, I mean, that leg is so solid. And whenever he plays inside, he's more dangerous when he's inside, like the dome-type stadiums or, or like Reliant Retractable Roofs where uh, he can kind of control the climate, climate in, in the stadiums and he can control his kicks. But he definitely has that strong leg, man. He's He's been a weapon for you guys, consistent weapon for you guys in the special team standpoint for the last, what, Five six years, yeah, well, ten years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, him, uh, he's the last, the longest standing Raider we got on the team. You know, he was in there when when Charles was with those last, with the last first, the first go round. So, mm-hmm. and him, my cat King has been, you know, they've been getting better for the last two weeks. That you know, they haven't had any bad misses. You know, some good long field goals, good snaps. 
So uh, maybe, you know, they're finally getting together on the same page and he's getting that chemistry back he had with uh, Shane. But, you know, it takes time. You know, him and Shane were together for a long time. So, yeah. <laughs> so we get a good homecoming from him. You know, it's going to be sort of weird seeing Shane putting to us, mm-hmm. you know, saying stand instead of for us. But I guess one of those things you got to get used to with all former yeah. Raiders. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the Oakland Raiders are going to do on Sunday against Houston, Texas. And, Brian, I appreciate you coming on, man. Give me your, your thoughts and opinions on your Oakland Raiders as they try to get their first road victory here this season. Oh, thanks a lot, Lee. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy uh, no the show. Problem. No problem anytime. And, Matt, we'll go and break now when we come back. We'll see uh, if my boy George is out of school now and out of class and we have him on to talk about the Texans and also preview week 11 of the NFL football game started on Thursday night. Next on Outside the Huddle, Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Man, segment number three. This time is going by pretty quick here. Good segment. The last, well, a great segment. Last segment had Brian on to kind of talk about his Oakland Raiders as they prepare to try to fight and get their first road victory this Sunday against the Houston Texans at Reliant Stadium. Speaking of the Texans, you never talk too much Houston Texans on the show. And joining me now, George, better known as G Man, as he comes from out of his class. And George, how was school tonight? 
It was good, man. Just learning a lot. I'm glad it's almost over. Got four more weeks, about three or four more weeks, and I'll be done. So be able to come back on here, do a little bit more than what I have been. So but it's exciting, man. I'm, I'm I'm happy to be finishing up. So Sounds great, man. I'm glad that you're sticking to it and you can push through it and get what you need to get out of the school. But let's talk about these Texans, man. They're on a seven-game losing skit. Uh, they lost again on the road to the Arizona Cardinals. What was your take and your overall thoughts of that loss, that loss 27-24 to against the Cardinals? To be honest with you, it's kind of disappointing. I picked them last week on the show to persevere and get through this and go ahead and get their first victory under Case Keenum, and they were disappointing once again. And, and it goes back to what we talked about last week with them not being able to produce in the second half of games. Um, and, and it's it's a shame because you have guys like Andre Johnson who are heading towards the end of their careers, and um, he's really starting to to come out and scored another two touchdowns this game, which actually put him over the mark. Uh, he hadn't scored in the past season and a half. He hasn't scored as many touchdowns as he has in the past two games. So he's starting to score a lot more, but it's not enough because uh, the Texans are still losing. So it's kind of frustrating, but uh, – I guess if you're a Texans fan out there, you can look forward to a good draft pick this year. Oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely in the hunt for a good draft pick, maybe top three pick the way they're going right now. Um, <laughs> you know, they don't need uh, Davion Clowney. I don't think they need him with J.J. Mm-hmm. Watt playing the way he played. Speaking of Watt, you got to like his effort, man. He was still able to produce sacks and cause havoc down there and, and produce turnovers, too. Uh, J.J. is still playing at all-pro level, even though they're on the seven-game losing skit. Not only an all-pro level, but a defensive player of the year level. I can't look at any other defender in the league who's doing as much for their particular team as J.J. is doing for his, and it's a shame. You look at a guy who won the defensive player of the year award last year uh, who continues to be one of the most dominant forces in the league at his particular position, and it's a shame because he's on a losing team. You would never think that the Texans' defense are ranked number one overall when uh, when you look at how many losses they have in the loss column. So when your defense is playing as stellar as the defense of the Texans, you uh, you, you got to be disappointed in the record. So J.J. is playing at an all-pro, like you said, level, and he can continue to play that way. I think that in the next coming years he'll get him a big contract. I don't know if he'll stay with the Texans. They continue to lose games like this because I think any football player on any level wants to be playing for a winner. And uh, it starts to get frustrating if you're if you're busting your butt out there and you, you can't get the results that you're looking for. So hopefully J.J. can start to get some uh, some more recognition and get some more wins in the win column. Uh, but I think this season is pretty much chalked up for the Texans. I think that they got to go ahead and, uh, and, and put their playoff hopes aside and uh, – to start playing for pride, pretty much that's what they're going to have to be playing for because they're, they're, they're definitely out of it, I think, at this point. Speaking of pride, the Texans swallow their pride as they release Ed Reed, future Hall of Famer for the – well, he's going in as a Baltimore Raven, but the future Hall of Famer and safety, Ed Reed. Were you surprised that the Texans invested so much in Ed Reed and decided to let him go, or you saw this coming down the line? I'm actually surprised, and this it, to me, it, it's not like the Texans to cut a player like this. You think about it, if you're going to start cutting players for not performing, there's a list of players who come far before Ed Reed. You look at Matt Schaub, who set a record for most consecutive pick sixes in a year, I mean, in, in a row <clears throat> for any quarterback in the 
in the history of the NFL. So you got to look at that and say, well, if you're going to start cutting people based on performance, you got to cut Matt Schaub. Then you look at Derek Newton, the right tackle, who hasn't been performing up to the standards that they'd like him to perform up. You can cut him. You look at uh, the kicker, Randy Bullock. He's, uh, he did go on a little streak there, 11 for 12, but I mean, that wasn't, it's not good enough. That's what you're supposed to do in the NFL as a kicker. So he could be expendable as well. So you look at guys who, who can be cut based on performance and you, you think the Texans are really sending out the wrong message, in my opinion, by cutting Ed Reed because you're saying that you can, you can perform at a low level on this team and still survive. But the minute you start to speak your mind, that's when you're going to get cut. And I just think that that's the wrong message to send. You got to send the message that you want your guys out there performing each and every Sunday and bringing it every Sunday. And if they're not, then they're on the chopping block. And I think that's the way that it should be. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I kind of saw this one coming for the Ed Reed thing. I tweeted out a couple times in the game. I thought Ed Reed was stealing as far as not living up to his bill of his performance each and every week for the Texans. So too many missed tackles. At times he looked confused out there and coverages. Uh, didn't look like the same Ed Reed from the Baltimore Ravens, but then again, he's on the back end of his career. That's no excuse, but at the same time, I thought his effort and what he brought to the table was very inconsistent each and every week. Yeah, I think he was getting paid more to be a coach than to be a football player at this point. <laughs> you look at it, and he was very inspirational in the locker room. He helped coach some of those young guys. So, really, that's what they brought him in here for. I know that they expect a little more out of him. But, really, what can you expect out of a guy who's been through as much as Ed Reed has been through? He's had a few surgeries in his career, and, you know, he's on the back end of his career, like you said. So, you can't really expect a whole lot out of a guy like that. But if you're getting paid, you got to go out there and bust your butt. And I don't think that he was doing that. I think that um, he used the uh, not being in OTAs and not being at training camp as an excuse um, for his poor performance. And I think that at the end of the day, you can't use that as an excuse. There's plenty of guys on this squad who didn't get the chance to do OTAs or or um, or do training camp and still performed at a high level while they were playing. You look at Brian Cushing, who unfortunately has been – hit with another season-ending injury. He missed OTAs and wasn't able to do summer training camp, but he still came out and he played every single down uh, when he was when he was out there. So uh, I don't think you can use that as an excuse anymore. I think that uh, you got you got to go out there and perform if that's what you're being paid to do. And Ed Reed just flat out wasn't doing that, and that's why he lost his job. So uh, he's looking for another one. He's unrestricted now. Um, he, he cleared waivers. Nobody uh, picked him up off of waivers, which was surprising to me. I thought maybe Baltimore would give him a – another shot, but they don't show any interest in him. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where I think he'll go. I'm not sure if he'll be a free agent by the end of the year. I think somebody's going to pick him up. Yeah, it's, it's rumored that the Jets might be flirting with him. Rex Ryan might be looking at him in the Jets. Yeah, the New England Patriots. So we'll see how it plays out. I think he has some left in the tank. And uh, someone to give him a chance to go on a winning team and bring that leadership. Uh, I think what he learned from the Texans will help him going forward to another team. And you'll probably see a different Ed Reed, uh, more competitive Ed Reed, just just from a standpoint that he didn't want to leave a uh, bad taste in people's mouth about the back end of his career. So you'll probably see a better performance out of him. Uh, going on the offense side of the ball for the Houston Texans, Arian Foster uh, did not play. It was reported Saturday sometime that he was done for the season due to, you know, he opted for the back surgery. Uh, another shocking news for the Texans but not 
too shocking because they got Ben Tate, as and he's playing with fractured ribs. So, what, I mean, <laughs> what's your thoughts on on the Foster deal? I think that uh, Arian, <clears throat> Arian was in, it was inevitable that Arian was going to end up getting hurt this season or or not be as productive as he has been in the past. You look at it for backs who have had 400 yard, 400 carries or more in a season. The following season, they don't do too well. They don't fare too well. So you look at Arian Foster. He's a back who had over 400 carries last season, and uh, he he's not faring too well. He his legs are getting worn out. I think he had some hamstring issues and. Uh, ankle issues, if I'm not mistaken, at the beginning of the season. Once he recovered from that, he started having back issues. So it all it all rolls into one at one point. And, you know, Arian, he just has to get back to, to his, his prime. And I think that the Texans need him to do that. If they're looking to make a playoff push next year, they've got to get the Arian Foster that they had two years ago back on the squad. And if that doesn't happen, I think that you're looking at a Texans team who's pretty much in a rebuilding phase. Um, I don't think that Ben Tate will be back next year. I think that someone will uh, offer him a contract that the Texans just simply can't match. So uh, Ben Tate's going to be playing pretty hard these next few games just for the simple fact that he's playing for for his contract for another Mm -hmm. team. So uh, Ben Tate will be gone after this coming up year, and uh, I think that he deserves to be a starting back somewhere else in the the league, and uh, I think that's what will happen. But as far as Arian Foster goes, he's going to have this back surgery. Hopefully next year he comes back better than ever. Um, if not, the Texans are definitely going to struggle because they need that running game to help out their passing game. Yeah, what did you see from Case Keenum in his third third straight starting role as a quarterback? I think I saw something that not a lot of other people saw because I haven't heard a lot of talk about it, but I saw a quarterback who once again was given the opportunity to take his team down the field and uh, and, and win the game on a game-winning drive and, and wasn't able to put it together. So I think that if the Texans are looking for a franchise quarterback, you've got to have a guy who can come in and, and take you down the field in that two-minute offense and put some points on the board. And I think once again, uh, for the third week in a row, Case Keenan was unable to do that. So I think the Texans definitely have to draft a quarterback in the first round if they don't see some type of improvement from Case Keenum going forward. Those huge catches from Andre Johnson, that one touchdown catch was phenomenal, huh? Oh, yeah. Andre Johnson has been a beast, and and he's been affected very much by Case Keenum being able to come in because he's actually getting the ball in stride. He's actually getting the ball thrown to him at a point where he can fight for it, and Case has given him those opportunities to go up against those DBs and uh, really do that, uh, get that one-on-one coverage and, and let Andre go up for the ball. So I'm proud of the way that Andre's been playing for the past three games. I think that he'll continue to excel as long as he has a quarterback that's able to put that ball where, where Case has been putting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's uh, Andre's found some springs in his legs when Case the last three weeks with Case Keenum being the quarterback. But it looks like it's time for us to take a break, George. Let's go ahead and break. And when we come back, we'll preview week 11 going into this tomorrow night, Thursday night game, the Colts versus the Tennessee Titans. Next on Outside the Huddle, Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network. And let's talk football. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Segment number four, 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 where we preview the NFL games going into week 11. And, George, the first game we have kicking off tomorrow is the Indianapolis Colts. That really lost last week, lost bad, too, <clears throat> to the St. Louis Rams. Uh, they got a chance to get, get back in the swing of things against their divisional uh, team and the Tennessee Titans. Who do you think will win this game and why? It's going to be a tight game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think that Indianapolis does come back and uh, and take another win in the division. Um, but I think that the, the Tennessee Titans are going to give them a run for their money. You look at two teams who are desperate for wins, two teams who are really fighting for the division. I think the Texans are out of it. The Jaguars are definitely out of it. So you look at that two teams that, that whichever one of these teams wins the division uh, will, will end up being the only one from the AFC South going to the playoffs. So I think that you look at uh, a Titans team who's hungry, who needs a win, as well as a, an Indianapolis Colts team who will need a win as well. And I think that you see a hard-fought game. But I think Indianapolis takes this one. Andrew Luck, you can't you can't vote against him. He's He's just too clutch of a quarterback. And I think that – They'll uh, get their offense together, put a few more uh, yards on the board this this week than they did last week, and they'll uh, they'll be able to come out with a victory. Okay, so you think the Colts will win or the Titans again? Colts. You think the Colts will win? I think yes, so, too. I, I think, you know, last week was an off week for them. And any time they get a chance to kind of bounce back against the division rival team, they will do that. Um, you know, Tennessee – 
is Tennessee. You know, they're not a team that's looking to make a playoff push, but at the same time, they can be competitive. Um, so we'll see how it takes place. All right. On Sunday, something else I forgot about is Tennessee lost their quarterback. So mm-hmm. you got to think about that too. They're, he's out for the season with the Liz Frank injury. So um, I think Tennessee is definitely in a, in a rut. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Let's go to Sunday games, George. And I really don't want to talk about the Jets, Jets and Buffalo, Baltimore, Chicago. Uh, all right, let's talk about the. Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles. Remember the last time this game took place, uh, the Redskins got embarrassed by the fast-paced Eagles offense in week one. How do you think the rematch will play out on Sunday? I think now that people have tape on this Chip Kelly offense, you've seen that it slowed down a little bit. But then you look at a guy named Nick Foles who comes in two weeks ago, throws for seven touchdown passes. I believe this past week he threw for another three or four. So, you look at a guy who's been putting up numbers in Nick Foles, and if he if he continues to do something like that, I think that the the Redskins are going to have their hands full. I think the Eagles will definitely take this one um, very convincingly. I don't think that the Washington Redskins have been playing very well this year, and um, I just think the Eagles will take this one in a in a in a, in a blowout fashion. You think the Eagles will take this in a blowout fashion? Yes, sir. Man, that hurts. I'm going to go with the Redskins, man. I really think the Redskins will find a way to get it done, bro. Uh, against the Eagles this time around, I'm banking on RG3. Let's go. I'm going to go with the Redskins. You got the Eagles. Okay. Oh, man, this used to be a good game. But now I really don't want to talk about Atlanta and Tampa Bay. They're both bottom feeders. I thought Tampa played better, though, this past Monday night. But Atlanta, they kind of like the, the, the Houston Texans. It's like. You know, what, uh, it's funny what a year makes you know, within the organization. But uh, Oakland, come to Houston. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think that the Texans, I mean, I don't know. You, you never know with these Texans, man. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Oakland this week, and uh, I'll tell you why. I think that the Texans are dealing with a lot of linebacker depth issue, and you ask, why are you talking about the linebackers if you're talking about Oakland? Well, they have Rashad Jennings, who's come out as a great uh, backup um, in the absence of Darren McFadden. And then you also look at Terrell Pryor, who has been giving defenses fits with his ability to get out of the pocket and run. I know that this defense is number one, is ranked number one, but you have to look at Terrell Pryor, a fast-paced quarterback who can get out of the pocket and make things happen. And you look at a defense who doesn't have any linebackers that that can keep up with them. I think that you have to take Oakland in this one. Unfortunately, I think that uh, the Oakland Raiders, hey, Raiders will take this one and uh, the Texans will continue their streak of losses. So you think the Oakland Raiders will win this game? Yes, sir. Based on Terrell Pryor and uh, his ability to get out of the pocket and make things happen, I think that uh, – the Oakland Raiders rushing attack is going to be too much for the defense of the Houston Texans. Okay. Well, I think the Texans will win. I really do because I, here's the thing. In the last couple of weeks, I predict them to lose. So coming home, starting a three-game home swing, uh, they have Oakland. They have some other teams playing back-to-back games at Reliant. I think Case gets one. I think team will be motivated and pumped up with Kubiak coming back, calling the plays. And we all saw what happened with Kubiak before the mini stroke at halftime, how the offense looked with him calling the plays and Case Keenum and Andre. So 
I'm going to go with the Texans, man. I think they'll play their first complete game in a long time, and they'll get that home victory against the Oakland Raiders. Raiders always find a way to screw it up. So I think the, the, Texans, the Texans will find a way to win this one. All right, let's see here. San Francisco. It's a good game. San Francisco and, you know, Colin Kaepernick. He's been inconsistent the last couple of weeks or last week, and they go against the New Orleans Saints, who's undefeated at home in the Superdome. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think you got to take the who that nation for this one. Um, even though their defense is ranked seventh, you got a defense that's ranked sixth on the other side of the ball in the 49ers. But you have a second-ranked offense in the New Orleans Saints. So the New Orleans Saints are going to come out rolling like they have been. Um, and Drew Brees just puts up godly numbers uh, when he's at home. And he's he's just a great quarterback. I don't think you can go against Drew Brees. I think Colin Kaepernick's a dynamic quarterback, but at the same time, they're the 32nd ranked offense in the league, uh, passing offense in the league. So uh, when you look at that, and you look at a defense who's putting up um, the seventh, who's the seventh ranked defense in the league, in the Saints, you got to go with the Saints. So uh, the Saints don't lose much at home, and uh, they haven't lost yet at home this year. So definitely think you got to take the Saints in this. Here's the funny part about this: Saints is a tough team at home in the Mercedes-Benz Dome, and Drew Brees is outstanding. But the 49ers, man, I, you know, I, I'm leaning towards them, George. I really believe the 49ers will find a way to get it done against uh, against the Saints at home, man. I'm just going to go with my gut on this one, and I'm going to go ahead and pick the 49ers. I think Colin Kaepernick, something about that dome. He played outstanding Super Bowl in that dome, so hopefully he can find a way to get it back <clears throat> rolling again against uh, the New Orleans Saints. And in the afternoon game against the New Orleans, well, the 49ers can get it going against the New Orleans Saints in the afternoon game. Now, Green Bay and the Giants, real quick, who do you think will win that game and why? Well, both teams are, are dealing with some issues. I think the Giants may get this one uh, just based on the Green Bay Packers quarterback issues. Now, they did sign Matt Flynn this uh, this week, so that may be a little shining star for them. Last time he came in as a backup role for them, he scored seven touchdowns. Um, so that's what it got him his big contract for the Seahawks, then Russell Wilson gets signed, and the rest is history. So um, you look at it, I think that the Packers still have too many issues um, offensively, and I think that the, the G-Man can get this one taken care of. I think they take this one in a close matchup, but uh, I think Eli get, pulls it out for him, and he becomes the Eli that we haven't seen in a while, which is the Eli that can uh, actually help his team to, to win some games. Yeah, we'll see how Eli plays plays it out. Green Bay is hurting right now at the quarterback position, but we'll see how it plays out for uh, for the Giants and Eli Manning. Saving the best for last, George, before we wrap up the show, the Kansas City Chiefs, the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs, play their divisional rival, the Denver Broncos, Peyton Manning suffering some minor injuries as far as his lower extremities. Who do you think will win this game and why? With Peyton Manning having these ankle injuries, it really messed up my prediction this week. I've, I've predicted all week that the Broncos were going to take this one, but with him having these ankle injuries, it's going to be kind of tough. I still take the Broncos um, because I think the Chiefs are due for a loss. Um, they they definitely need a need a loss on their record so that that division can continue to be competitive. But at the end of the day, both of these teams are playoff teams, 
And uh, both of them will end up going to the playoffs, one as a divisional winner and one as a wild card for the AFC. So um, I think the Denver Broncos take this one, handing the Kansas City Chiefs their first loss. What? You think the Broncos are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, huh? Mm-hmm. Even with Dwayne Bowe coming in, despite the charges or being caught with marijuana and speeding this week, I think uh, I think Kansas City would get this one, man. Denver... I mean, it depends on the weather. I know this time of the year, you never know. You might wake up and it might be 12 inches of snow outside, but <laughs> that really doesn't play a factor. Both cities are cold cities anyway, so players are used to the cold weather. But, man, I really like Kansas City. I think this will be the, the key game to kind of set them apart and let everybody know that they're – I mean, not saying that we don't think they're for real, but I just think Kansas City, man, it's a, it's a tough team. Yeah, this would be like that matchup a couple of years ago when the Texans took on the Green Bay Packers. And uh, everybody was like, this is their chance to prove that they are the team that they say that they are. And the the Packers just came out and stomped them. And I think that's the way that this one's going to go. I think uh, Peyton Manning's going to come out there and, and do what Peyton Manning does, and that's put points on the board. So um, the forecast right now uh, is supposed to be a high of 45, low of 19, and sunny. So... Hopefully uh, that'll that'll uh, give them a little bit of help, but they're playing in mile high, and I think that um, Denver and Kansas City will split this divisional matchup this year. I think Denver will take this one, and then Kansas City will take theirs at home as well. All right, George, good stuff, man. Good predictions, good stuff like always, and it seems like it's time for us to wrap up the show. So let's go ahead and wrap up the show, and I want to thank everyone out there for listening to Outside the Huddle this week. We'll leave Mike Williams until we meet again next week. Have a blessed week. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.